Today, we are so blessed and so privileged to have Pastor Luke Jenkins sharing the word with us. Pastor Luke and his wife, Jessica, have been with us. This week is their fourth anniversary at Upward. Can we give them a big hand for four great years? Pastor Luke oversees our connections ministry. He's our connections pastor. He oversees guest services. He does a lot of work behind the scenes, and he is just a powerful man of God. And would you just welcome him this morning, Pastor Luke? We love him so very much. Good morning. I'm excited. Are you excited? Good. If you're not, don't tell me to just pretend like everybody else, okay? Um, I'm super excited to be able to share with you this morning. Um, this is our fourth year coming up, and next, just the end of this week will be four years, which is crazy. We love being a part of what God's doing here at Upward. And I'm excited about what he's going to do today. I've known for a couple of weeks about what we were going to be talking about, and I've been praying over it, and I believe God has a word for us, and I'm just excited to see what he does this morning. So you ready to jump in? Awesome. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would say that you're a people person? Anybody a people person? You love people, okay? Okay, now put your hands down. How many of you would say that you could do without human interaction altogether? Raise your hand. All right, that's, that's more hands than I thought. That's awesome. All right, um, I would fall somewhere in between those two categories. I love people, but not too many people. You know, people energize me, but they also drain me. Anybody with me? So I would fall somewhere in between those two um, those two categories there. But I'm, I've always been a private person. I've always had a hard time letting people in, letting my walls down, trusting people. I've been hurt before. Um, so I have a hard time just, I'm not as guarded as I used to be, but I'm still pretty guarded. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're slow about who you let in your life. But here's one thing that I have found out um, over my life, and I believe it's true for all of us, that it is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong people in your life. Also, it's impossible to live to our fullest potential when we try to do life by ourselves. So I love the saying, you show me your friends and I will show you your future. Have you ever heard that before? You show me who's influencing you. You show me who's pouring into you. And I'm going to show you the direction your life is headed. Solomon, thousands of years ago, the wisest man who ever lived, said this in Proverbs 13, 20. And he said, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Andy Stanley, the lead pastor of North Point, says this, your friends will always determine the quality and direction of your life. My grandpa would have said it like this, you lay down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Those are some big time wisdoms in all, th- in all three of those statements. In other words, if you hang out with people who are, who are wiser than you, who are better in their finances, who have better marriages, chances are that you're going to rise to their level. But the, the opposite is also true. You hang out with people who look for trouble, who may not be the greatest in their finances, who may struggle with their marriage. Chances are they're going to bring you down to them as well. It's so important that we have the right people speaking into our life. When I look at my life in every area of success, I can show you how God used the right people to help influence me in that right direction. Now, growing up, I was the perfect child. Perfect. Why are, why are you laughing about that? I never got in trouble. Always did I was what I was told. Always was where I was supposed to be, when I was supposed to be there. Never talked back. You know, never skipped school. Just perfect. And if you believe that, see me after because I have some oceanfront property in Wyoming that I want to sell you after church. But I remember this one time in middle school of actually getting in a fight in the locker room. 
I was, all my, my friends were in my ears, you know, chirping, creating this scenario. The other guy had friends in his ears creating the scenario where the only logical solution was to throw down, okay? And I know what you're thinking. Pastor Luke, you got in a fight. There's no way. You're an angel, and you're right, but this angel threw down, okay? <laughs> and, not won, and I won not only that fight, but another fight a couple years later. Uh, a year, yeah, a couple years later, I got in another fight and won that one too. I'm not proud, but at the same time, I mean, you know. Um, but I can look back in my life, and every time I didn't make the best decision, anytime I got in trouble, I rarely got there on my own. I allowed others to influence me in that direction. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so there's a principle that sociologists and leadership experts taught for years. And actually, Pastor Andy mentioned this two weeks ago, which was a really cool confirmation for me about where we were headed today. And here's the principle. It says this. It says, you will be the average of your five closest friends. So if I were to have you make a list of your five closest friends, chances are, first, some of you would have a hard time doing that, and I'll explain that in a minute. But chances are, if you made a list and put five names on that list, you would be the average of those names either in your finances, your marriage, your health, your family, whatever it is. Why is that? Because like the old saying goes, you become who you run with. And I, I love, if you look at Proverbs 17, 17, I love how it defines friendship. It says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. How many, or how amazing would it be if you had a handful, maybe five, six, eight friends who loved you at all times? Not just for a season, not just when things were great, but I'm talking about for decades, you got to know each other's spouses. You began to pour into each other's kids. They loved you enough to tell you the truth and even kick your backside when you needed it. How awesome would it be to have that type of friendship? Anybody, would, would you like that kind of friendship? Do you have that kind of friendship? Well, according to sociological studies, very few of us have friendships like that. In fact, studies show us that the average American today only has two close friends. And chances are a lot of you, in fact, most of you, according to that statistic, if I asked you to write down your five closest friends would only put two people on that list. Which may not alarm you, but just two and a half decades ago, that's 25 years, for those who don't like math like me, that's 25 years ago, the average American had six close friends. So in just two and a half decades, our close friendships have been cut on average by two-thirds, and no one seems to notice or care. But what's even more heartbreaking and gut-wrenching to me is that 25% of Americans, that's one out of four people, report that they do not have one single close and trusted friend. One out of four people would say that they don't have a close and trusted friend. And in our crazy busy world, so many of us desire to be connected. And you may be connected through social media, through Instagram followers, through Facebook followers. But intuitively, many of us are longing for something more. Deep down, we believe there has to be something more relational than what we're actually experiencing. And I believe the reason for this is that many of us are lacking in an area that we don't even recognize. Sociologists talk about three types of poverty. There's material poverty, where that's where you're missing material things. You're lacking in material items. There's spiritual poverty, where you could have all the wealth in the world, but still on the inside be completely spiritually bankrupt and empty. But the 
the poverty level that I want to talk about that I believe that we struggle with the most and that are impacted by the most and don't even realize it is in the area called relational poverty. And that's where we can have people all around us. We can be in a room full of people and still feel alone, still feel disconnected and long for more community. See, a lot of us are so connected through social media or through our work or through this avenue or that avenue, but at the end of the day, we know that something's missing. And I would go as far to say maybe it's not something that's missing, but it's someone that's missing. Which brings me to what I really want us to focus in on today and what I want to talk about is this idea. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I want us to spend our time today talking about how you could be one friend away one person away from changing the course of your entire life. I believe that with all that I am, you could be one person away from changing the course of your life. We see that in our own life when we look back, how you needed people to get to where you are. But even in scripture, you can look through scripture and see how other people and and people that we know, stories that we know, how they needed other people in order to be who they were supposed to be. Just a few examples in scripture. Moses needed Aaron. Elisha needed Elijah. Naomi needed Ruth. Paul needed Barnabas. And Timothy needed Paul. And you and I are no different. We cannot do what God has called us to do and who he has called us to be by ourselves. We need other people and they need us. So that's why you really could be one person away, one friendship away from changing the course of your life. Do you believe that? So let me ask you this. Who's your one? Who's missing? And let me tell you, when it comes to finding the the right people in your life, don't just look for the people who look like you or talk like you or dress like you or live in the same neighborhood as you. If you're younger, don't rule out the fact that someone older can actually influence and impact your life. But the same is true. If you're older, don't rule out the fact that someone younger can also influence and impact your life as well. See, we're so good at putting God in a box, especially in that area when he loves to use different generations with different experiences to impact each other. So what I want to do the rest of our time today is we're going to look at the life of King David. King David is from the Old Testament. And King David was one of the most significant people in the entire Bible. His reign shaped the entire nation of Israel. Jesus himself is is known as the son of David. And so despite his flaws, David was known as a man after God's own heart. However, he didn't get to that place by himself. He started out as a shepherd boy. But King David had three key voices in his life that we're going to look at today. Three key voices that spoke into his life that played a huge role into him becoming everything God had called him to be. Three influences, three people, three friends that God used to impact his life. And I want us to look at those three friends, those three voices, and hopefully help you see how important it is that you have those voices in your life today as well. All right, you ready? Okay. The first one we're going to look at is Samuel. And if you're taking notes, we all need someone like Samuel in our life. And that is someone who helps us see who God has called us to be. We need people in our life who helps us see what God has placed inside of us. Let me give you some context. God had rejected Saul as king, okay? And he, takes, he took his spirit off of him and he, put it, and he called a prophet named Samuel to go and anoint the next king. And so God sends Samuel to the house of Jesse. And he, Jesse had a lot of sons, 
And so the oldest son goes, he walks by Samuel. Samuel looks at him and he's like, surely this is him. He's tall, he's big, he's handsome. God, this is him, right? God said, no, that's not him. So the next oldest comes, walks by, walks by Samuel. God, is this him? No, that's not him either. Seven sons walk by Samuel and nothing. And Samuel's like, God, what's going on? I thought I was supposed to come to Jesse's house. I thought I was supposed to come here and find the next king. And, he, and God tells Samuel, he said, see, you're doing what everybody else is doing. You're looking at the outside when I'm looking at the heart. And so Samuel's like, do you have any other sons? And Jesse's like, yeah, we've got another son. He's, our, he's 12. He's, he's keeping the sheep. Oh, yeah, I have another son. He's out the keeping the sheep. And so Samuel said, send for him. And so they bring David to Samuel. And when Samuel sees him, God allows Samuel to see something in David that no one else saw. And he put it on his heart, and this is what he said in 1 Samuel 16, 12. It says, rise and anoint him. I've chosen David. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brother. So what's interesting to me is there was not one single person who saw in David what God allowed him to see, or what God allowed Samuel to see. Not even his dad, not even his own brother's. Samuel looked at David and was basically said, yeah, you might have been in the shepherd or in the fields keeping the sheep, but God can do more through you than you even imagine. And, God, and Samuel helped David get better by helping him see what God had put inside of him. Do you guys see that? So let me ask you this question. Do you have someone in your life that makes you better by helping you see what God's put inside of you? See, you, that doesn't happen by accident. You have to be intentional about getting the right people in your life who will make you better by helping you see what God has called you to be and what he's put inside of you. I had some Samuels growing up. One of those was a college professor. The other was my youth pastor growing up. Both of them saw something in me at different stages of my life that they refused to give up on. So when the voices of the world were overshadowing that, and even when my own voice wanted to overshadow what God had called me to do and who he had called me to be, they challenged me. They wouldn't let me give up on that. They saw stuff in me that I didn't see in myself. Yet I wouldn't be who I am today without those voices in my life. We need the Samuels in our life. So who's the Samuel? Do you have a Samuel in your life? If not, who can it be? What's missing? What do you have to do to find him? David also had another friend. His name was Jonathan. And Jonathan's the second influence, the second voice that you need in your life. And it's this. We need someone in our life who's going to help us find spiritual strength. Every single one of us, as a follower of Jesus, we need others to help us find spiritual strength in God. Let's fast forward to David's story. He was anointed to be the king, okay? Now he's a war hero by this point, and all the people, all the ladies are starting to take notice of David, okay? They're starting to sing songs about him, like Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his tens of thousands. And Saul's like, you know what? I've had enough of this guy. He's coming for my throne. He's taking all the attention. There's only one logical solution. I got to kill him. And so he sets out to kill David. And that's where we pick up our story in 1 Samuel 23, 15. It says this, while David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. How many of you know it's a bad day when you know that someone wants to kill you, right? That's a bad day. Look at what happens in verse 16. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David. Look at what he does. He helped him find strength in God. Verse 17, don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. 
You will be king over Israel and I will be second to you. And even my father knows this. He helped him find strength in God. And here's what I know. Here's what I've come to find out in life. We need friends who help us find spiritual strength because it does not matter how long you've been a believer, things are gonna get tough. People are gonna walk out. And when people walk out, you need someone who's gonna walk in and say, you know what? I'm not just gonna pray with you or for you. I'm gonna pray with you. You're in this, we're in this together. You're not walking through this by yourself. I'm so thankful that I have people in my life that know when I'm going through a dark time, can tell when something's not right, and they, can, they encourage me in the things of the Lord. My life is better because of that. They weren't always there. But you have to be intentional about putting the right people in your life. Do you have that type of support? Do you have those people who can encourage you in God? See, I remember just a couple years ago, five or six years ago, I was going through a really rough time. I was going through a trial. I was going through just a rough patch. And I had a few intentional voices that I've had in my life for a couple years now who refused to let me go through that by myself. I wanted to quit ministry. I wanted a fresh start. I don't even want to think about where I would be today if those guys weren't in my life to encourage me in the things of the Lord. They refused to give up on me. They walked with me through that rough patch and helped me find the strength that I needed, and I came out of it. But here's the thing. I had to let them in, something that to this day I still have a hard time doing. Anybody have a hard time letting people in? Just me? Cool. I still have a hard time doing that, but I tell you this, it's worth the investment. It's worth being intentional about getting the right people in your life. Now, here's what... I, when I ask, do you have that, I don't mean, yeah, I come to church and talk to the same four or five people every week. I don't mean, yeah, I, I read a version devotion app with 50 people that I've never talked to in person. Nobody does that, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone who wakes up in the middle of the night with your name on their heart. That calls you the next day and say, you know, you were on my mind last night and I prayed for you. And the Lord gave me this verse. I don't know what it means, but here it is. A friend that's going to say, you know what, I know, I know you're not yourself. What's going on? A friend that says, you know what, I refuse to let you go through this by yourself, so I'm going to walk with you, and you're not going down because I'm going to link arms with you, and we're going to, I'm going to encourage you in the way that the Lord wants you to be encouraged. That's what you need. Do you have those people in your life who help you find spiritual strength? Because if you don't, you could be one friend away from changing the whole course of your life. So quick recap. We need people who help make us better by helping us see what God has placed inside of us. We also need people who will encourage us and help us find spiritual strength in the Lord. And the third person that we're going to talk about is Nathan. Nathan was another voice in the life of David. And if you're taking notes, Nathan, we need the Nathans in our life. Those are the people who love us enough to tell us the truth. Not what we want to hear, but the truth. Here's what happened to David. The Bible tells us he was a man after God's own heart, that God was pleased with him. But David's eyes came off of God and onto a lady named Bathsheba, okay? And he committed adultery, broke the heart of God, really put the whole kingdom at risk. He tried to cover his tracks, which led him to murder, and he never even saw the gravity of the whole situation. So in 2 Samuel chapter 12, we see God sends Nathan to David and 
in this story, Nathan tells David a story. And he says, David, once upon a time, there was a really, really rich guy who had lots of sheep and cattle, more than you could count. There was also a really, really poor guy who had one lamb. It was really like his pet. He had had that lamb for a long time. And one day a traveler comes through and he's hungry. And the rich guy doesn't give him one of his own. He takes the poor guy's lamb, kills it, and gives it to the traveler. And David loses it. He's like, are you kidding me? That's completely uncalled for. There's no way that guy should have done that. That guy deserves to die. Calm down, David. Nathan says, it's funny you should say that because that guy is you. That's what you did, David. You're the guy in the story. And Nathan tells David the truth. And the Bible says that once he hears the truth, he immediately repented. He immediately saw what had happened. And he was brokenhearted before God. In fact, you can go to Psalm 51, and that's the prayer after Nathan confronts David. That's the prayer that he, that's his repentance. That's his, the prayer of repentance is Psalm 51 after he's encountered with Nathan and, and is told the truth. And let me ask you this. So when was the last time you had a friend who loved you enough to say, don't do that? You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your marriage. You're going to hurt your relationship with God. You're going to hurt your testimony. When is the last time you've had someone in your life who loved you enough to tell you the truth, not just what you wanted to hear. You need someone who will tell you the truth. Authentic relationships, they're vital in us becoming who God has called us to be. I would be completely lost if I did not have a handful of guys who asked me the tough questions, who told me the truth when I needed to hear it, and even when I didn't want to hear it. I'm a better dad, a better Christian, a better husband because of that. So let me ask you again, who is your one? And then let me throw in another question. Whose one do you need to be? You could be a f- one friend away from changing the course of your life. You could be one friend away from having the marriage you always thought you could have or being the parent you always wanted to be. You could be one person away from being more generous with your time or your finances than you ever thought possible. You could be one friend away from overcoming the addictions that have been in your family for years. You could be one person away from meeting the risen son of God, Jesus Christ, who would become a friend like you never thought that you could ever have. You could be one friend away from changing your whole life. And when you have these types of friendships, these types of voices in your life, when you have the people who make you better by helping you see what God has called you to be, when you have the people who encourage you in the strength of the Lord, when you have people who love you enough to tell you the truth, you create this support system of authentic relationships that's needed to make it through life. You know, I was thinking about support systems as we were, as I was getting ready for this message, and I started doing different research about different types of support systems and different types of structure just because I'm weird that way and I just like to look up random facts. But it actually works. Because it led me to, to looking up redwood trees. How many of you have ever seen a redwood tree? Anybody? Redwood trees are, are amazing. I've never seen one in person, but the pictures are absolutely awesome. They can literally grow up to 300 feet tall, and some stand more than 20 feet in diameter. That's a big tree. In fact, this picture up here, I believe we've got a picture, is General Sherman. That's his name. I think that's so cool. General Sherman is the largest known living living single stem tree in the world. He currently stands at 275 feet tall and 25 feet in diameter. That's huge. He's estimated 
He's aged at 2,200 years old. Bet you he's got some stories. This tree and these types of trees tower over every other tree out there. And you would think that a redwood tree would be an easy target in a storm or a tornado or a lightning or a hurricane or an earthquake. But these trees are resilient. It would be easy to assume that this tree, the roots would go way deep down in the earth to to get the nutrients and the stability it needs to survive. But actually redwood trees, their roots only go down about six to 12 feet. So how do they withstand all of this stuff? How does he make it 275 years with all the roots going at 12 foot deep? Well, the interesting thing about redwood trees is that their root systems are intertwined with other redwood trees, literally holding each other up. These trees grow so close together that they're dependent on each other for nutrients and that only redwood trees have the strength and the ability to support other redwood trees. So underneath the surface of these huge, huge trees are roots that are like an army of men with their arms interlocked, standing there and supporting each other. They're preventing the threats of life from knocking each other down. And they're making sure that they have plenty of nutrients to continue to grow. It's almost like they're saying, look, if you're gonna knock one of us down, you're gonna knock us all down. Their roots provide strength and their strength lies in their connection with each other. If there's anything that we can learn from a tree, it's that. Who you're connected to matters. Being connected to the right ones matter. We need each other. And I'm gonna tell you right now, your enemy, Satan wants you to think that you can do life all by yourself because when you're isolated, you become more vulnerable. And you may be here today, you may be saying, hey, great talk, that's great, but I don't need that. I can do this all by myself. I don't need people in my life. I made it this far. I'm good. I thought that way too. I grew up in church. I lived the Christian life for a long time. However, I didn't always have this type of support system. I didn't have this structure in my life. I'm a guy. We don't need help. I don't read directions. Guys, we don't read directions. That's why the swing set was backwards the first time. But my thinking was if I could do it on my own. If I ask for questions, it makes, it makes me weak. If I ask for help, it makes me weak. I'm going to find the answer on my own if I don't know it. That was my mindset. That's how I lived. I was a believer, but I did it on my own by choice. I didn't need the people around me. I had people, but I didn't need them until I did. Almost 14 years ago, two weeks before Christmas, my dad passed away unexpectedly. I was 22 years old junior in college, I was lost. That's not supposed to happen. My life was wrecked. It was ruined. No one saw it coming. Being the person I am, my tendency is to shut down, to push it all down. Anybody good at faking it? Yeah, I was faking it till I made it. I pushed everything down until I just couldn't anymore. And it lasted a while until I, I, I just couldn't do it. I was walking through one of the darkest times of my life all by myself, by choice. And it wasn't until I found myself in the middle of a crisis that my eyes were open to see who God has placed around me. It wasn't until I was in the middle of a storm, a really, really big storm, that I was aware of just who God had placed in my life, people to encourage me, people to love me enough 
to let me not give up on what God had called me to do, people who encouraged me in the, in, in the strength of the Lord, people who loved me enough to tell me the truth. When they would ask, how are you doing? I'd say, I'm good. They were like, bull, how are you doing? We need that. I had people in my life, but I just didn't know how important or how much of an impact that they would have on my life. But I can promise you that from, this, from that day on, I've been intentional about putting the right people in my life, connecting my roots to others so that when the storms of life come, not if, but when they come, I'm gonna be able to withstand it. The question is, do you have that? You may be going through a crisis right now. You may be in a really big storm right now. And I wanna encourage you, look around you. You're not by yourself. Stop trying to be. God has strategically placed people around you to be your support system. Use them. They're there for a reason. Here's what I can promise you. You're going to have struggles. You're going to face trials. You're going to have hard times. Don't face it alone. You may be watching today. You could be going through a really dark time. Don't face it alone. God has put people in our lives for us to use them. Don't wait until you're in the middle of a crisis to try to put that structure together. Start building that support system today. You could be one person away from changing your whole life. So here's my question. Who's your one? Who's missing? Who's one do you need to be? Because this, this isn't just a take. This is a give too. Who's one do you need to be? Let's stop trying to do life by ourselves. No more Lone Ranger Christians. Find authentic relationships. Join a connect group if you haven't. We're in the middle of our summer group for the next couple of weeks. And then in the fall, our, our fall semester kicks, kicks off again. Find those authentic relationships. Look at who's beside you right now. They're there for a reason. Let's decide today that from here on out, we're not doing this by ourselves. So you ready for our action step? Here's our action step this morning. We're gonna help others get better by helping them see what God has put inside of them. We're gonna encourage people in the strength of the Lord. And we're gonna love people enough to tell them the truth. What does that sound like? Sounds like we're gonna leave here and go find authentic relationships. Authentic relationships is one of our core values here at Upward. And it's, it's a huge part in who we are and what we do. And I can tell you, you cannot be everything God has called you to be without authentic relationships. And it's my prayer that today, that we would ask God, God, show me who needs to be in my life. Show me whose life I need to be in. And then give us the, the, the courage and the strength to make it happen. Amen? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word, for your spirit, for your presence. God, we pray that you would stir us to become the types of Christians and the types of friends that others need. That God, that we would benefit from those that you would place in our lives as well. With your head bowed, eyes closed, let me ask you just this one question. You may be here this morning, you may be watching online. You could be one friend away from changing your life, but you're not sure where to start. Well, it starts with the very foundation, and that's Jesus. Jesus was the son of, he's the son of God, who's without sin, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, but was raised on the third day. So that anyone, that's you, that's me, that calls on him can be transformed and saved. Do you know what Jesus was called? He was also called the friend of sinners. 
He was the friends with the worst of the worst, the lowest of the lows, but he loved them enough to not leave them there. And maybe you're here this morning and you could say, that's where I need to start. I've got to give my life to the one who gave it all for me. If you're here this morning and you say, yeah, I need to say yes to Christ. I need the start of that foundation. I, that's the foundation of my support system. And I'm ready to say yes to Christ. Maybe you're watching online or you're here this morning and you're ready to say yes to Christ. Can you just slip up your hand? No one's gonna, no one's gonna embarrass you or anything like that. We just wanna pray for you. Anyone here say, yeah, today's my day to say yes to Christ. I'm giving everything to him. Is that anybody? Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor Luke, there's something missing. There's someone missing. And I'm asking God, I'm ready for him to help me build the support system. I'm not gonna wait. I'm gonna put those authentic relationships in place today. If that's anyone, can, is that you? Can you raise your hand? You're ready today to just start building that support system. Maybe you're watching online. You can, you can let us know there as well. God, I thank you so much, so much, God, for what you're doing in our lives, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you give us the desire and the heart for deeper communities, for authentic relationships. God, that we could truly be your body. God, so full of love that the rest of the world looks on and says, I need what they have. God, help us see the people that we need in our lives and help us be the people others need as well. And we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Father, I bless your people this morning, God, with eyes to see the people they need in their lives, God, that you would... God, help us strive and give us a heart and a longing for authentic relationships, God. And God, give us the boldness to chase it and to make them happen in our lives, God. And now, Lord, in that same power, God, I commission your people, I commission you right now to leave and to be the friend that God's called you to be. Help people just get better by helping them see what God's called them to be. Help people find spiritual strength and help love people enough to tell them the truth. Have a great 4th of July. We'll see you next week. Go and be the one for somebody this week. Can we do that? Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.